the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Ron Geyer Roofing. The Bible describes events that will mark the last days, or end times. 2 Timothy 3.1 says, This know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. Matthew 24.44 tells us, Therefore you must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not expect Him. Bible teacher Ron Geyer leads us through Scripture that will help us to remain strong in the Lord. End Time Insights with Bible teacher Ron Geyer starts now. Good evening, everybody. Ron Geyer with uh, End Time Insights. Thank you so much. We love the fact that you listen to us. It just makes my day every time I come in here. We're still talking about doctrines, church doctrines, how important they are. I've been listening to some great, great stuff. We listened to David Wilkerson this week. Tremendous, tremendous, tremendous. You know, David Wilkerson, I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he was the darling of the charismatic movement right before I got saved back in the 70s. I got saved in 81, my wife and I. And he started teaching about stuff we're going to talk about, about beware of false doctrines. He started speaking about sin in the church. Everything that is needed today, he warned us about, and it proved that everything he said was correct. So I love going back to listen to these old-time preachers, although he's not that old. I think he's been dead about maybe 10 or 12 years. But his messages are just full of the fire and the passion of God. And I'm going to quote him a couple of times here today. Quickly, in review from the last couple of weeks, we want you to understand sound doctrine will always exalt Jesus Christ. That's the test. Is it biblical? Well, if it exalts Jesus Christ, if it points you to Christ, if it glorifies the name of Jesus, then it's true. It's biblical. He is the central theme to all sound church doctrine. Sound doctrine also revels in a call to holy living. You are only challenged by the Word of God to live holy and to exemplify godliness in your walk. Sound doctrine will always challenge one to Christian service. Your life is not your own. If you want to be great in the kingdom of God, you must become the servant of all. Sound doctrine will always point to future rewards rather than rewards here in this lifetime now. And that's so important to remember. Sound doctrine will always agree with the word. Today's emergent churches and seeker-friendly churches, progressive churches, churches with motivational speakers in their pulpits instead of anointed preachers of righteousness, churches that teach about social justice instead of Bible truths, these, they're not only part and parcel, and they are contributing to the forward progress of the great apostasy, but they actually are leading it. They're out front, and they are leading us down the road to destruction. That's why your doctrine, the Bible doctrines, what you understand to be true, what you believe to be true, they are so, so important. In today's world, life in America, as we know it, presents dangers to American Christians on two levels. You've got the five-sense realm dangers, dangers in the natural, from things that we can see, things that we can hear, things that we can touch, And then there are the spiritual dangers that are equally dangerous, yet oftentimes much more hidden, and most definitely they are just as deadly. In the natural realm, the enemies are the world and the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life, 
And the newest distraction for the church in the natural realm is something I call Americanism. In the realm of the spirit, we fight against Satan and his demons. We fight against spiritual wickedness in high places, false doctrines, false teachers, religion. It's an endless list of the enemies that we have in the realm of the spirit. The assaults against the church, they're everywhere, man. And Bible studies like the one that we do in our home, radio shows like we have here, you know, we are designing them so that you are kept up to current, oh, what should I say, current threats that are out there that are designed to destroy you. We want to keep you fed on the Word of God so that you can defend yourself and your family and your friends as you come across these assaults in your daily living. So as long as the danger persists, so too our warnings are going to persist. David Wilkerson, he says that false doctrines and false teachings, they are at the top of the list of dangers that Christians face. You know, there is nowhere Satan won't go. Uh, and his favorite place? Your church. Hallelujah. First Peter 5, 8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. This verse clearly teaches that Satan, he's your one-on-one personal adversary. Uh, the devil, your adversary. He is not omnipresent like God. He's not nearly all-powerful. He is not on an equal footing when it comes to spiritual energy and, and fighting against God. No, God is <laughs> way above the devil. There's Jesus is way above the devil. If there's somebody you want to compare uh, Satan's power to, it would be someone like perhaps maybe Michael, where Satan and Michael do battle in the book of Revelation. They did battle in the book of Daniel. So be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, this verse clearly teaches Satan as your personal enemy, and in an effort to defend against that, Peter tells us, be sober, be self-controlled, be circumspect, we're going to break that word down, be cool, show sound moral judgment, and then it says, do it now, be alert, be vigilant, be wide awake. The Greek word for sober is nepho, N-E-P-H-O. And in a literal sense, this means total abstinence from drinking, Uh, although we carry that thought into uh, the scripture as it reads, and we bring it forward to mean total abstaining from any form of mental or spiritual intoxication. I love that. The idea then is to be calm and collected in spirit, circumspect, self-controlled, well-balanced, clear-headed, to be self-possessed of all circumstances under the control of the Holy Spirit of God. A basic, better definition would be to be spirit-possessed. In the Greek text, the way it's written, it's actually a command from Peter. Uh, The word for vigilant is, let's see if I can say this, Gregorio, G-R-E-G-O-R-E-U-O, and it means vigilant. It conveys the idea of being alert. It is like a sleeping man rousing himself from slumber. It means to give strict attention to, to be active, to take heed, Lest through remissiousness, lest through neglect uh, and indolence, some destructive calamity suddenly would overtake you. Uh, The secular Greek, they used the word Gregorio to describe people who are like carefully crossing a river and they're walking on stones and these stones are wet and they're slippery. Only the utmost caution will keep one from slipping and being carried away by the current. All of this, why do we mention that to you? Because the rest of the scripture says that because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. Simply stated, because the God of this earth, the devil, 
is trying to kill you. You must be sober. You must be vigilant because someone is after your soul on this earth. He is after your eternal soul. You know, that is the greatest thing that you have. And that's why the battle is always for your soul. He has millions of demons to help him. He has worldly attractions to seduce you. And he has over half the church in his employ bent on your destruction through lies and deceit from within. I could fill a volume of books with the warnings from the old time saints. But here's just one. And it's from Paul. And it's found in Romans 16, verses 17 and 18. Now, I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned and avoid those people. You're going to notice that the word of God, the doctrines, they are always, always under assault. Satan started it in the garden. God said, Eve, don't eat this tree, you will die. And immediately Satan went and he assaulted the word, hath not God said, and he twisted it and he perverted it. And he was able to induce Adam and Eve to partake of the fruit of the tree, which they found attractive, carnal lust. They saw it was attractive and something to be desired. And so you have the manifestation of spiritual warfare taking place by Satan being there, deceiving them. And then you also have the physical attraction that we talked about in the natural realm, where someone saw something and they desired it. As it is, Eve desired the wisdom that she would get when she ate the apple. So that confirms the fact that we're telling you our battle is spiritual and it's physical. It's in the natural realm. So Peter's warning there. The warning is coming against people that are actually saying evil things against the truth. And that's what Satan did. And we still see that today. Romans 16, 17, and 18. Now, I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the truth that I've given you, the truth that you have learned, the truth that I recorded, that I wrote to you for your benefit. Avoid them. Why? For they are such that serve not the Lord Jesus Christ. These are not people of God. They serve their own belly. And listen to this, by good words and fair speech, they deceive the hearts of the simple. We need to talk about that. Second Peter 2, verses 1 through 3, this ties into that. But there were false prophets among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privily shall bring in damnable or destructive heresies, even denying the Lord that brought them. Some of the different translations read, that they will bring in, they will subtly introduce, they will be stealthily in their attempt to deceive you. Uh, They are called damnable heresies. They are called destructive opinions. They are called harmful lies. The Bible says in one of the translations, they will teach you things that are wrong. The current one that I'm focusing on is uh, they're teaching you that God is not sovereign on the earth today. And it is so important that you understand that that is false. And that was brought in. Uh, It wasn't just shouted from the mountaintop. It came in in the middle of sermons. And people are actually making a case for it. Uh, What's his name? Uh, David Wilkerson, once again, he talks about the fact that they bring in these heresies, these false doctrines, right? And what they do then, they use the word of God to defend that position. They twist the word of God. They um, lie about the word of God and they make a doctrine out of something that's not true by referencing scripture. You got to be careful. These guys are tricky, man. 
They are doubly tricky. They are doubly dangerous because they are doubly tricky. The expanded Bible teaches that these false doctrines, these damnable heresies, they will call cause people to be lost. Can you see that? Your soul is at risk. We just read it to you, right? First Peter 5, 8, where it talks about that the devil as a roaring lion seeks whom he may devour. You've got to understand that. This is serious business, man. Your soul is the prize that Satan's after. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. Now, let me go off to, on a tangent for just a second. One of the reasons, uh, there are many reasons we don't promote the Passion Translation. It's not a translation. But we don't promote it because the writer of that Bible says he wrote it with the objective of getting Christians to connect with God emotionally. Well, it sounds nice, and yet the Bible says God is a spirit, and those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Our connection with God is spirit to spirit, deep calleth unto deep. God is a spirit, you are a spirit. This nonsense about you connecting with God emotionally, when you are thinking that you are connecting with God emotionally, you are connecting, all right, but you are not connecting with God, you are connecting with demons. God is a spirit, you must connect with him. You must worship him in spirit and in truth. Be wise, folks. Be wise. So David Wilkerson talks about that. Uh, for instance, he'll use the prosperity gospel. And he says that those who teach this do so because they are covetous. That is their sin. They are covetous. They have material desires. They want what the world can offer them. They're looking at not eternal rewards for their service. They're looking at rewards now. And the Bible says that they have their rewards. And they are now. But they're missing out on the eternal rewards. He says those who teach this do so because they are covetous. But he goes on to say that these guys are double tricky because they twist the scripture to defend and promote their lies. They are not only double tricky, they are doubly dangerous because, as Paul warns us in Romans, they do it by good words and fair speeches. You know, someone that sounds good and looks good, there's a good chance they're not good. (laughs) Okay, there's a difference between good words and God words. Amen. You must know God's word to protect you from the bad words that come disguised as good words. They do it by good words and fair speech. They do what? They deceive the hearts of the simple. And look at the goal here that it talks about in Second uh, Peter 2, 1 and 3. There were false prophets among you. They're going to be there. There's no question. Just like there were false prophets in the old days, today you've got false teachers to worry about. We've also got false prophets who privily shall bring in. Bring in? What do you mean bring in? They shall bring in. Bring in where? Bring into the church. These lies, these deceptions, these false teachers, these damnable heresies, they are in the church. They are in your church. That's why we do our radio show. We are warning you. Your soul is on the line, folks. They shall bring in damnable heresies. So important. Damnable means it has the ability to damn you. Another phrase instead of damnable is destructive heresies. These false doctrines, they can destroy you. I mean, this is dangerous stuff, folks, and you've got to be aware of what's going on. There's the carnal, deceived Christians who eagerly follow after these kind of guys, this type of teaching. They love it. They were around in Isaiah's day also. Let me read you Isaiah 30, verse 10. Uh, Prophesy unto us right things, said the Israelites. Speak unto us smooth things, said the Israelites. Prophesy deceits. That's what they wanted. They actually told them. 
Give us the lies. We don't want to hear that Israel is going to be destroyed. Tell us peace and safety. That sounds an awful lot like America today. We've got people in the church also. Uh, Don't tell us about our sin. Don't tell us about what's wrong with the church today. Don't correct us. Don't rebuke us. Tell us God's hand is open. I just got a thing from somebody in the mail. God's hand to you is open. The other one, God's spirit of, uh, what is it, protection. And they actually said correction in there. I was shocked. But there were four of them that sounded alike. And three out of the four of them were blessings. And God is not in the mood to bless America. If you read his word, he is trying to deliver us from our sin. We can't let that go unattended. We must battle through it. But just like many in the church today, they don't want to know about it. Tell us America's best days are ahead. Tell us Trump's coming back to office. Tell us we're going to go ahead and fix everything and we're going to go back to being a righteous nation. I can't tell you that. That's not what's been written. You've got to understand man doesn't get better and better and better and better right before the return of Christ. Duh, he's coming back to correct us, to judge us, to make us better, to bring back a new earth, a new heaven, to go ahead and do that. But there's got to be judgment for those that will not accept him. Those that continue to reject him, they don't want to hear this stuff about judgment and about correction because they're rejecting God. And as they continue to reject God, they know. The devil knows his time is short. They know judgment is around the corner and their time is running out. America's best days are not ahead. The people that are telling you that, I'm sorry, they are not people of the word, nor are they people who know the God of the word. They prophesy and they teach lies just as they did in Isaiah's day. Let me talk to you about that word simple there in Romans. Let me read the scripture again. Romans 16, verses 17 and 18, uh, Peter writing, Now I beseech you, brethren, he's talking to the body, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned. Let me say this. There will be uh, divisions and there will be offenses. Jesus offended many. Jesus said, I didn't come to bring peace. I came to bring a sword. Jesus is the author of godly division within the church. People would yell at me saying, Ron, you're just causing division by what you're saying. No, I'm speaking the truth. If you're not of the truth, if you're of your father, the devil, when the truth comes and you're hanging out in the church as a chair, you will be offended. It will cause a division, and rightly so, and it had better. And that is because Jesus says, I am the author of division. I will separate the ungodly from the godly within my church. I will separate the lies from the truth within my church. You had better know the truth so that you don't fall for the lies. I'm drifting. Okay, which you have learned, and avoid them. Got it. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but they serve their own belly, they serve their own carnal appetites, and by good words and fair speeches, they deceive the hearts of the simple. Let's talk about the heart of the simple. That's an interesting word there. It's an interesting phrase, and it does concern you. Uh, The heart of the simple, the word for simple there is actually a word that I don't think I can pronounce. It actually means guileless. In a sense, it means innocent, okay? Uh, Christians, they're innocent. But then it tells you, though, another uh, usage of that word is to mean that they are unprepared, that they are um, not suspecting anything, that they are ignorant, they are unaware of the danger. And so Paul starts talking about that. And he says this in Ephesians 5, 15. And he said, oh, there's this word I'm looking for. Uh, simple. It means innocent or unsuspecting people. And that's what we have in the church today. And let me show you here Ephesians five fifteen. See then, Paul commands us, 
walk circumspectly. Don't walk as fools walk. Walk as wise people. Because the church is full of fools who don't know the word of God, who have rejected God, who have rejected the knowledge of God, who don't have time to study the Bible, who don't believe the Bible, who change things to make it more comfortable so they don't fall under the conviction of the Holy Ghost. And they get that from the people in the pulpit who are not telling them the truths, the absolute truths. They are foolish concerning the word of God. The Greek says to walk straight, to walk perfectly. See then that you walk circumspectly. That's what it means. To me, you can break that down. You get English words out of it. Circum, circumference. It means around or the total perimeter. And speckly, that's from the word inspection. So he's saying, basically, I want you to walk around inspecting everything. And it's important that we do that. Act like you're a melancholy temperament where you don't believe anything, where you, you have a cautious eye, a critical eye. You view things critically. And that's what Paul is saying here. Don't walk with your eyes open. Don't walk as a fool. Walk as somebody who's wise. Eyes wide open. Uh, Bring that back to Romans. They were simple because they weren't inspecting everything. They weren't inspecting the teachers that they brought into the church. Uh, John wrote in the book of Revelation that the church at Ephesus, Jesus congratulated them because they were trying those who would come into the church saying they were apostles. He says, check them out. John, in First John, talks about try the spirits. We don't do that anymore. Therefore, we are not walking circumspectly, as Paul told us to. And as we just read in Peter, but by good words and fair speeches, they are deceiving the hearts of the simple. You are supposed to be wise. The Bible says, Proverbs 2, 6, God gives wisdom. His every word is its own treasure of knowledge and understanding. If you stay in the word of God, you will get full of the wisdom of God. You will know the will of God and you'll be protected from the dangers that Satan brings against the people of God. I'm going to sound like a broken record, but this is no time to sit idly by. It's not a time to be passive. It's not a time to be ignorant. It's not even a time to be doing good. That's right. This is not a time to be doing good. It's a time to be doing great for God. I mean, you're living holy, you're speaking holy, the Holy Ghost is doing great things for God in your life. We're going to challenge each other, we're going to be challenging us to walk in the Spirit, no more carnality in any realm, you can't do it, you just ain't got it, no time for that in any area. If we're going to get in the game, we must play by God's rules, and God's rules are found in His Word. You know, in any area, you're going to be attacked. There's no safe place outside of Christ. Even in Christ, you're still going to be attacked. But at least in Christ, you are armed for the battle to be able to overcome. We're going to hold each other accountable on new levels. We're going to use the standard that Jesus revealed in Revelation 2 and 3, where the head of the church, Jesus, says, As many as I love, I rebuke and I chasten. We're going to rebuke you. We're going to chasten you. Therefore, be zealous and repent. We are going to encourage you to repent. That's in Revelation 3.19. You know, it's, it's debatable how much time we as a church have left to us before the true people of God are removed from the wrath which is to come upon our removal. You know, we've got to be getting stronger. We can't be distracted. We can't be getting more and more distracted. We can't be getting more and more weaker. We can't be getting more and more carnal. We can't be compromising more and more. We have got to be getting stronger. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Behold, I give you might. I give you power over all of the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means harm you. We must leave things behind that once held us back. We can't go 
back to returning to the sin that so easily beset us. Jesus Christ, he, he became sin for us that we would be made free from sin, shall not have dominion over you. You know, it's important that we quit getting caught up in the attractions of the world. You can't do it. Diane and I, we are dedicating our lives afresh to defending and warning those in the body of Christ, those that we consider within our sphere of influence. Our voice goes out to you, therefore you are in our sphere of influence. Whether it's this radio show, whether it's a Bible study, whether it's a conversation, whether it's a Facebook post, we're going to demonstrate the truth. We come not with enticing words of men's wisdom, but we come in the demonstration of the Spirit of God and power. Why? That men's faith would not rest in the wisdom of men. We're going to speak the truth in love. Why? Because that's how we in the body of Christ grow. And we're going to give you the warnings that God, that Peter, that Jesus, that Paul, that Titus, that Jude, that James, all those guys, we're going to share those warnings with you because we love you and we care about you. We're praying for you. We'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us for End Time Insights with Ron Geyer. Listen again next Sunday night at 8 on 100.7 The Word, where faith comes by hearing. You can also listen to the podcast of this program by going to kkht.com. If you would like to contact Ron, email him at gospelguy at comcast.net. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.